0: Hello and welcome, Film Buffs.
1: I'm Hunter Van Leerup, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Zachary Drew! Hello, guys. What's up? We are the Box Office Losers each and every week. We deep dive into the movie sphere to watch and review any and all films to ever grace the silver screen or your TV-slash-streaming screen, especially in 2020 and 2021. This week, we're talking about cult classic, Office Space... 1999. Yeah. We'll get more into that later. First up, Zach, give us like a, what, what are your opening thoughts
0: on uh, Office Space? Because I thought it was okay. So, I I, I I I like this movie. I first saw it back when I was like, I think like 13. Well, I first saw it five minutes ago. <laughs> um, actually, I got, because my mom just, my mom fell in love with the red stapler gimmick about this movie. <laughs> the red stapler gimmick is interesting to say the least. Um, <laughs> So yeah, like she, she she likes this whole entire she she liked that part, even like even with that she bought a red stapler for the house, a <laughs> red, <laughs> a red, swing sh- line stapler. That's fucking funny. Yeah, no, Milton um, steals the show hands down. Oh, he does. Uh, w- w- what are your thoughts with this movie though? Going. I Not was, too much.
1: I thought it was fine. I've heard really good things about it. I've seen all the memes. Um... That'd be great, you know. I, I've seen yeah. all the 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 memes and the and the reviews of this movie, so I knew it was like kind of like a cult classic. But I I don't know. I, for cult classics, it's either I love them or I hate them. Like I love The Big Lebowski. I love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. But I hate other cult classics that are just like, yeah, I don't know if this is my thing. Like Rats, I don't really like too much. It was fine. I remember talking. i I remember giving like an eh review. Looking back, I should have given a little bit of a higher review because I still think about it. But it's not as good as, like, you know, Clerks or even Chasing Amy, which we'll talk about soon. So, you know, having seen Office Space now for the first time, I don't understand the hype. I can see where you're coming from. Like, I don't know if you like it as much as some people, but, like, I see where the wit comes from. I like the dialogue that they present. The characters are all really good. Even the characters that show up for one scene, like, hi, my name is Steve. I used to be addicted to crack. Like, that character's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew is funny. The dude who's like, hey, man, to hop on my dick. <laughs> you know, she could get it. Like, he, that character,
0: he, he was he, interesting. It, if you look at him, like, he, he, he seems like a very, like, outdated Adam Devine. <laughs> he
1: looks like a really young Jesse Plemons, but it's not. His name is uh, Drew Pitts, or Greg Pitts. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, just, just seeing all these characters, and some of them are, like, unrecognizable to who they are. Oh, like, yeah, I, I I completely forgot Gary Cole was Bill. Yeah, because you don't think about it. Like, you're just like, oh, yep, that's him. Um, what's his name? John C. McKinley? Have you pronounce pronounced his name? Yes. He's um from Scrubs and from Standing Up. That's Dr. Cox. He's fucking great. Um, and then we see... Uh, oh, God. Stephen Root as Milton, who is, like, unrecognizable. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I... the character he plays is just like... Hey, um, um, hey, 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 what, what no, no, I, uh, I get to listen to the, the, the radio, or, uh, and I was like, that I is not a Steven Root character. Steven Root is, like, this loud, obnoxious, like, dirty man. Look at, um, Barry, for example. He mm. is, like, Barry's, quote-unquote, like, dad manager kind of, like, guy, where he, like, sets up the hits for him, and he yeah. is just like, come on, man, we gotta make the money, we gotta do this, fuck you, what are you doing? And in this, he's just, like, this simple, like... Minded, simple, like, thought character where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna fucking give him my fucking stapler. And I'm like, okay, here we go. It was so cool to see him play something else, which was interesting.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's my opening thoughts on, uh, you know, Office Space. Uh, Now, I'm gonna read off the overview, then you're gonna read the cast, because the last names are the deaf of me, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Um, Office Space is a 1999 American dark comedy uh, film written and directed by Mike Judge. It uh, it it satirizes the work life of a typical mid to late '90s software company, focusing on a handful of individuals wearily He's, on their, I uh, wearily on their job, wearily of their jobs. It as Ron. You don't gotta read that. That's the cast. I'll go through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the cast of this
1: movie is Ron Livingston as Peter Gibbons, Jennifer Aniston as Joanna, Stephen Root as Milton, Gary Cole as Bill, David Herman as Michael Bolton, but not that one. Uh, A.J. Nadu as Samir Naghenanajar. I think I got it. Close
0: enough.
1: Deirdre Bader Tank as Lawrence. Uh, John C. McGinley as Bob Seidel. Um, Joe Baze as Dom Portwood and Alexandra Wentworth as Anne which is uh, Peter's ex-girlfriend slash ex-wife. Hard to tell. (laughs) She wasn't in it that much. But then we have characters like um you know Greg Pitts who played Drew and you have um uh, uh, Mike Judge, who played the manager of, uh, Coochies, or Tchotchkees. Yeah, <laughs> not Tchotchkes. Coochies. Tchotchkes. Tchotchkes. But he's, uh, he's credited as William King, even though it's, it's Mike Judge. So, yeah, the, the cast is pretty fucking stacked, if you really it think is. about it. But then, again, back in 1999, these guys weren't all that. I mean, look me wrong, they were still popular actors, I'm not saying they weren't, but there's a lot of people who I did not recognize were in this movie, and I was like, oh
0: shit, well, I, I think the only person that was all of that is really just Jennifer Anderson because of Friends. Yeah, but this was like around the time Friends was ending, right? No, it was still no, it was still in full swing because uh, it ends uh, towards the later half of two thousand and one after nine eleven. Oh yeah, this was directly like
1: in the middle of the uh... Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't even it, give her it, a it big part of either. Yeah, he, her part was like kind of minuscule. I think she had like ten lines of dialogue.
0: But, like, uh, when we get into it, they, they just want to, like, uh, it states in the notes that they want to cast a popular actress.
1: Yeah, just to make the love interest. Draw people in. Yep. Yeah, uh, so, uh, budget of this movie was $10 million. Box office was only twelve point two. Big bomb right there. He basically yeah, made back the money and just a little bit extra. That sucks, but also it's one of these cult classic-y movies that isn't for everybody, like, if you look at a lot of the cult classic movies and, like, the indie movies, they don't make a lot of money back. But I they, know. like, live forever in people's hearts, and they probably made a lot of money off um, DVDs and stuff as well.
0: D- DVD and VHS re- releases.
1: Yeah, I feel like for this movie, that was a huge, like, home release.
0: Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, now, going into this... um, uh, okay, so office now getting into notes. Uh, office space originated in the series of four animated uh, in a four animated Milton short films that Judge created about an office worker by this by that name Milton. Yes, <laughs> they uh, first aired on Liquid Television a night after night with Alan he- um, Heavy, and later aired on Saturday Night Live. That's awesome. Uh, the inspiration came from a temp job which he had that involved alphabetizing purchased orders. Um and another job as an engineer for 3 months in the Bay Area during the, during the 1980s just in the heart of the Silicon Valley. And in the middle of that uh overachiever yuppie things in that is is that just awful. It was just awful.
1: Yeah, that was his quote. Yeah. And I didn't know that they were based off, um, well, not really SNL skits, but I didn't know that they were
0: based off Milton. Well, it, it even says it in like the opening credits of it. Oh, I wasn't really paying attention. I was setting myself up. But, uh,
1: you know, that's cool. Uh, I like how um you can get, like kind of like uh, Night at the Roxbury, even though I know that's not a really great movie. Um, that was one of the movies that Will Ferrell did with his fellow SNL alum, I forget his name. I'm so sorry. Where it was like the
0: What is love?
1: And they would bounce their head in the um the car. That skit they turned into an entire film.
0: Kind of like Wayne's World.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a better example. (laughs) At least Wayne's (laughs) World was really good. At least in my opinion, I like it. Yeah. So it's cool to see that SNL stuff lived on into other mediums. There's a lot of movies that uh, spun out of like SNL stuff that didn't like see the light of day really. So, I'm excited for that one. And I'm glad that this one kind of did it in a way. Mm-hmm. So, it goes to the show you there are creative people working there, even if some of the skits are bad.
0: <laughs> uh, getting back into more of the notes, though. Uh, Peter Shearn, right? That right? She- Chernin. Sheeran. Chernin. Um, head of 20th Century Fox, where a Judge had a deal, uh, wanted to make a film out of the Milton character inspired by a former co worker of Judge's in Silicon Valley. <laughs> who had threatened to quit the company, if they, qu- quit the company if they moved his desk again. <laughs> you don't want to know what he does at home after after work. Judge replied, and um, in instead he suggested an ensemble cast based film. Someone at the studio responded with car wash, but just set in an office. What the fuck is car wash? It's a good question. I'll look it up while you read the. Other part of the notes. Yeah.
1: So Milton was not the only character inspired by Judge from uh, from Judge's past. During his job in Silicon Valley, where he barely made enough to afford his rent, he had a neighbor who, had a, who was an auto mechanic. And not only did the man make more money, he had flexible work hours and seemed to uh, Judge to be much more content with his life and work than he himself was. The neighbor inspired Lawrence, Peter's neighbor in the film, which is Deirdre Bader, who is just like the everyman, he's just like the average dude who's just hanging out, so it's cool to see that, uh, that was actually based off somebody
0: so, Car Wash is like a 19, it's a late 70s, um uh Day in the Life cult comedy uh, featuring Richard Pryor um George Carlin oh wow uh, Bill
1: Duke don't know who that is but i probably recognize his face
0: yeah uh, antonio farkas if you see his name as well if you see his face as well you you know who it you know who it is yeah that's cool maybe we'll watch that one
1: at some point <laughs> yeah and no but like uh it's kind of like the movie waiting where it's like an ensemble cast of characters that are living a mundane work life that are just hanging out so i could see that I, I can see what they mean by comparing it to another one of those. Because it is kind of like what this is.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, The setting in the film reflects a prevailing trend that Judge observed in the United States. He said, it seems like every city now has an identical office park with identical adjoining chain restaurants. He said in an interview, uh, he said, there were a lot of people who wanted me to set this movie in Wall Street or like the movie Brazil. I'll look set it up this well. movie in Wall Street or like the movie Brazil, yeah. But I wanted to... And one in a very unglamorous, kind of like a bleak workstation situation like I was in. He uh, wrote a treatment in 1996 with the script after the first season of King of the Hill. Fox president Tom Rothman was very happy with the draft as he was looking for lighter material to balance the event movies like Titanic that dominated the studio's output at the time. He considered it the most brilliant workplace satire he'd ever read. Uh, He said despite that, Judge hated the ending and wished he could have rewritten the third act, which is I guess the embezzlement act. Because that kind of came out of left field. Like, they mentioned it at the beginning. Michael Bolton says he has a, um...
0: Code. Uh, a virus software. Yeah, a
1: virus. But, like, that's just, like, a quick throwaway line that I didn't think was going to come back. And then it turns out they were going to embezzle money later. I was like, that's really weird, but okay. Like, I, I, I don't know. if I feel like if he just... Because Milton was going to burn it down regardless, apparently. So, if they kept that in... Uh, they could have just ran the life and then just left. And then Milton would have burned it down for the stapler. So,
0: um, I don't know. Now, okay, going into Brazil, going back to the that movie mentioned. The only notable actor on here is Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it. Oh. <laughs> and he's not even a main character. Weird. What's the movie about? Um, Brazil is a low-level... uh, It's about a low level bureaucrat, uh, Sam Lauer, escapes the the monetary of his day to day life. Pretty much the same thing. Escaping a a day to day life.
1: Yeah, the only reason why Peter escapes is because the hypnotherapist has a fucking heart attack and dies and never snaps him out of his funk. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking hilarious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and also kind of fucking terrifying. Oh, for sure. Um. Uh, getting back into it, so Judge wrote a treatment in 1996. I said that one. Read David Herman. <laughs> David Herman was the only actor Judge had, had had in mind for a specific part. Michael Bolton. Uh, Herman had been trying to leave his seven-year contract of Mad TV, but the show would not let him. So, um, at uh, so at its next table reading, he managed to get himself fired by screaming all his lines. (laughs) Just like screaming. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Greg Daniels said they could always find a place for him on King of the Hill uh, where he had been doing some voice work, so soon after, he read George's Office Space script and was delighted with it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, You read the next one again. I'm gonna see... Who David Herman voiced in um,
0: King of the Hill? King of
1: the Hill, yeah. All right. Oh, he's at, scruffy in Futurama.
0: At the first reading through the through the script, Judge had Judge was pleased with Herman's performance, and felt Stephen Root, um improved on on his own take of Milton, but was not happy with the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. He considered um, abandoning the film, but Rothman said it worked. And it just needed the right actors, according to Judge. While Fox at first told him to get uh, just to get the best actors possible, since the film's budget would not be large enough to consider uh, bankable stars, the studio soon changed his mind. In the wake of success of *Goodwill Hunting*, uh, he w- he was advised to get the film star get the film star Ben Affleck and Matt Damon again. Uh, again he almost changed his mind sorry I keep on not seeing periods properly Mm -hmm. again he almost changed his mind about the film Rothman said in 2019 um, that while an A-list star are often unlikely to take roles in low budget productions those films should nevertheless make the effort to attract them Uh, he had agreed to meet with Damon in New York but then Ron Levingston's agent reached uh, who played The guy who played Peter again, uh, agent asked the client could audition for the lead. Casting director Nancy uh, Klopper was impressed, and after Judge saw the video, he told the studio that he wanted uh, he wanted Livingston in the part. Nice. Yeah,
1: I couldn't imagine anyone else playing Livingston. Like, I could see what he said. Like, what do you want, Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck is good. I feel like he would have nailed it because they have, like, the same facial, um, uh, like, structure that would give them the same, like... What am I looking for? The same reactions. And the same, like, Muh, kind of... Uh, what am I looking for? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm missing the word I'm looking for. But it's the same, like, facial expressions. He kind of wanted
0: the same... <laughs> Like, the same je ne sais quoi,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. I think Ben Affleck would have nailed it. But getting Ron Livingston just kind of hit
0: home, because he's a very just, like, yeah, okay kind of guy. So, so like, so did they want both, like, Affleck and Damon? I think
1: so. It sounded like, yeah, it sounded like he was advised to get both of them.
0: Who would, like,
1: who, like, who would they have played? Like, what? Matt Damon probably would have been uh, Michael Bolton if David Herman wasn't able to get out of the contract.
0: Hmm. Like, if anything, you, you could have put um. You, you could have kept Affleck and had him been uh, Dietrich's character. <laughs>
1: Dietrich Bader. No, they could have had
0: um both Matt
1: Damon and Ben Affleck play both the Bobs. <laughs> that would have been fun. Oh, that would
0: <laughs> been perfect. To be honest,
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. I like who they got. Like, uh, I love. Oh my God, John C. McGinley. Yeah. But like. Man, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck would have been hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, no, wow. even like
0: I I'm I'm thinking of them in in the in the Michael Bolton scene. Yeah, where they're just like <laughs> talking back to him. Yeah. Like, oh I
1: just love Michael Bolton, oh my god. It would be great. Um I looked up what David Herman is from. He was most notably Buckley in King of the Hill, like in that show. But he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a huge voice actor. He's actually uh part of the Brickleberry and Paradise PD team.
0: Oh. Yeah, he's the
1: main character in those. He's Steve and the other Steve. Blonde he, Steve, basically.
0: He also had a small role in Bob's Burgers, I saw. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, everyone's been in Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Every comedian's like been in
1: Bob's Burgers. But yeah, no, he's been in a bunch. He was in OKKO. OK so yeah, no, he's been a big voice actor. I didn't recognize his face, because I guess he's not a big movie actor, and I was right. He's not really huge into the movies, but he's a big animated uh, voice actor guy. I recognized the name, and I was like, who the fuck is this? It's the guy from Brickleberry and Paradise PD. Uh, and I can't believe I admit that I watched those, but I do. So,
0: <laughs> all right. Do you want to? Do you want me to pick up, or do you want to pick up?
1: I got it. So Jennifer Anderson was cast to accommodate Fox's desire to have recognizable film star in the movie. Uh, although they were concerned that her part was too small, because it was the subplot involving her battle with her boss over the flare was added as a result, and she was written out of the sex dream sequence. That was funny. Although the dialogue indicated she was actually slept with Lumberg. However, she had liked the script since, um, she was not getting any major films at that point, so she had, uh, (laughs) she also went to high school with Herman. Uh, Kate Hudson also read for that part. Weird. It would have been weird if it was Kate Hudson. I like Aniston. I think she comes off as, like, that, like, attainable, you know, approachable woman, you know? I I don't see her as, like, a mega star, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, debase anyone's career, but...
0: Yeah, I, I, I forgot who Kate Hudson was. Yeah, seeing her, like, she does not fit that part.
1: Yeah, no. C- Kate Hudson would have been, I think, a little bit more upper echelon of, like, oh, I cannot approach this woman and just ask her for her number when she's working. Like, Jennifer Anderson's, like, yeah, I could see myself doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, Not to Jennifer it,
1: Anderson specifically, but someone that looks like Jennifer Anderson. Yeah, because,
0: like, if you think about it, because at the time, like, like... Pretty much with Jennifer Aniston, she was the girl next door at that time. Yeah, well, to to a degree, yes. Yeah, and quite
1: literally in Friends,
0: sometimes. <laughs> that, that, that that's how like I that's how I, I guess they, I, I, I see it. I rather see Aniston over Hudson. Mm. Cause cause it, it Once again, like I I bring it up like she she was pretty much at that point the the, the girl next door that every, like. ...kind of middle-aged guy to, like, Mm -hmm. upper 30s, like, lower 30s would have asked out at at one Mm -hmm. point.
1: Yeah, I could see it. So, uh, where were we? Uh, After After casting the Indian-American A.J. Naidu as Samir, who had originally been written as an Iranian character, the character was rewritten to be Jordanian, so uh, Naidu uh, worked with a dialect coach to get the accent right. John C. McKinley auditioned for Lumberg, but was ultimately cast as Slidell. And then Judge said that Gary Cole uh, made Lumberg ten times funnier. And, like, the way <laughs> Gary Cole would just, like, Hey, so, uh, okay. Uh, this, it was just so good, the way he, yeah. like, set up all these, um, you know, setups. Yeah, but also, it, it, like, was just, it just worked.
0: Now, yeah, but just picture just McKinley and Cole's roles reversed now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Interesting oh, so,
0: It's been so interesting. <laughs> Oh yeah, because I mean, we
1: would have seen uh, McKinley just be like, okay, great, uh huh, yeah. It's it's the okay, voice of him. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think he could have pulled off the voice. The voice with Gary Cole is just so monotone and like, uh huh. Yeah,
0: hi, it's Lombard here at the office.
1: <laughs> I see you haven't come in, and it's three o'clock. Could you uh come in at your earliest convenience? That'd be great. <laughs> no, it's just so good. He's probably the best character.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and a casting search in Texas yielded Greg Pitts for Drew but no one would play but no one could play uh, the tchotchke's manager they didn't find anybody so Judge took it over and then labeled himself as William King uh, Judge made the transition from animation to live action with the help of Tim Church. that's a name uh, the film's director. <laughs> <laughs> the film's were like, that's just a bunch of words the letters Scherrettstedt with two T's the film's director of photography, who taught him about lenses and where to put the camera, Judge said, "I had a great crew, and it's good knowing that an opportunity you're an expert." Oh. Principal photography began in Texas in 1988. 1998. I count. Wow, just welcome to my playing field, asshole. You wouldn't have been able to pronounce that name, bro. <laughs> no, but now just hearing you go, "Yep, yep," now that's a name. Moving on. It's like the one I could. I
0: tried. I, I, I tried. <laughs>
1: All right. You want to continue on with uh, it did not start well?
0: Yeah. It did not start off well by the third day of shooting. Temperatures had risen over 100 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, 38 degrees Celsius, and smokes, smoke from fires in Mexico were filling sky over Austin, making it a uh, white uh, name says that that's – uh that that forced uh postponement on the opening traffic jam scene until it cleared oh that that traffic jam scene was funny <laughs> oh because like because it's like because y- you feel it <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: you feel it in your bones y-
0: if you ever been in a traffic jam with someone or you've been the driver in a, tra- in a traffic jam you just feel that <laughs> yeah no i was like okay here we go <laughs> Uh, but then uh, always, once you get to the front of it, it's always because it's a fucking accident and everyone's just like, huh, let me look at this for 10 minutes. Uh, studio executives who saw the dailies were not happy with the footage that Judge was getting. Uh, er, Uh, he remembered them telling him, more energy, more energy, we gotta reshoot it. If you're failing, you're failing. Mm, crazy. Oh, and to people who don't know what dailies is, that just means like the kind of like the shots from that day.
1: Yeah, because they want progress that you're actually filming yeah. the movie and not just taking their money and being stupid.
0: Uh, so. They also had asked for for, for to smile more, but at that point, only the earlier scenes had been filmed. Judge told the studio that happier scenes would come later. Lemmonson says. He heard they believed he was on drugs and they were considering firing him. What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Why? Because they
1: hear a rumor and they go, oh, we can't have this guy be here. What if he overdoses? What if he, you know, goes to rehab and then it's bad in our fucking shit?
0: Oh, I Dude, would, executives I, go crazy. I cannot wait to read this next part. In addition, <laughs> Fox did not like the gangster rap music used in this film. But I think they, it worked. What, did they want the frickin' like, pop-punk shit that everyone was pumping they out? They wanted to- Michael-
1: they wanted Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Rothman told them he had to take it out, and Judge said after production he would do so if the next focus group also disliked it. A young man in the focus group said that the fact that the characters worked in an office but listened to gangster rap was one of the things he liked about the movie, and Rothman, <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's like, it's funny they listen to that hardcore shit, even though they, they work with printers.
0: <laughs> um, there's there's nothing I realized like this. This film had a lot of like Navy Seal. Um.
1: Oh yeah, it was a little. Weird. I think it might have been sponsored by the Navy SEALs, or at least that where some of the money came from.
0: Yeah, because I, I I see that like um, Peter had a flag in his yeah.
1: house. Uh, Bolton had a uh, poster, poster in his desk.
0: I, I was like that's kind of weird there's a lot of like N- Navy seal um sponsorship here
1: yeah unless judge was just shouting out stuff like from his past I don't know what judge did prior to mm. being a besides mm. his jobs in the office but yeah
0: maybe no but, but what like they, like Fox didn't like the gangster rap what did they did they really want them to, to pump in like all that generic pop punk stuff that we were hearing from like everywhere
1: yeah I don't know it was weird I think they just wanted like you know typical like you know, just music, like some poppy music, but I like that the gangster rap really worked for, like, oh, yeah. the style it, of the movie that it was. It fit. A... hmm
0: Do you want to pick up?
1: Yeah, so the scene where Peter, Michael, and Shamir take their office printer into the field and batter it to pieces is inspired by Judge's experience with his own printer while writing Beavis and Butthead to America. He told his coworker Joe, uh, co-writer Joe Stolman that he was so frustrated by it that he took, when he was done with the script, he planned to take it out the field and destroy it while videotaping the process. Tim says the whole sequence was largely uh, improvised, but Naodu adds that uh, they were trying to do it in a way that invoked how the Mafia would do it to someone if they wanted to punish or kill them. Livingston thus played the part of the Don circling behind Naodu and Herman while they struck below- blows with the bat feet and fists. Years after, Nadu says he said... He met some actual mafiosos in New York who told him that they were huge fans of the film, and the scene was authentic. That's really cool. <laughs> so, um I, I that scene's been replicated plenty of times in popular media. I,
0: I know, like, you, you, like saying that, but then you also to realize too, like, man, that, that scene had a had an impact in pop culture. Yeah, Just I
1: destroy shit. I,
0: I I I consider that scene one of the most iconic. And was like like and one of the, the the best scenes in like comedy movie history. Really? Because like it's it's so iconic. It's not, it's, like, it's not even funny. <laughs> I what? Well, but it, it's still with it, it is funny in some cases.
1: Oh, for sure. There's like where he's like, um, Herman comes back and starts punching it with his fist and they have to drag him back.
0: <laughs> I I, I'll, I I love like the like before it happens. He goes like CP letter, What the fuck does that mean? Hell yeah, there's a bunch of just like, come on, this is what I want, give it to me, you son of a bitch, come on!
1: He's just hitting the buttons. (laughs) Uh.
0: You know, like, I... But, like, I seen that, yeah, that scene has been, like, done, overdone a lot. But Mm -hmm. it shows that, like, that scene is so iconic.
1: Yeah, I think they did it in Workaholics and The Office, both workplace comedies.
0: Oh, I love Workaholics. I I wish there was a movie for that. We can just... Well, besides...
1: Game Over, man. <laughs> yeah, well, be, be, be,
0: besides Game Over, I wish it was, like, a, a canonical movie for them.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, that movie, that show was good in itself. I doesn't really need a movie, but I would like to see one. Because I want all of them to come back. They haven't done a movie together since... Anything together, really. Since, since Game um, Over. Since Game Over. Like, I've seen... Uh, with Durs, he did uh, Champions, which unfortunately got canceled. I thought that was pretty good. Divine is obviously the most popular one, and then Blake does a bunch of like small roles in comedies, but he's a big writer.
0: So. Yeah, surprise! So, so I I thought Durs would w- would have been picked up more because he's typically like
1: he's like considered like the hot guy, but you know if you you're not the funny fat comic relief guy, and that's huge in Hollywood. And Adam Devine is genuinely hilarious,
0: so yeah. Yeah. All right, but back onto it, though. Where, where I'll, I'll where read you? the... Uh, I'll read the... McKinley. Yeah, the the McKinley, then I'll read the up to where it goes with Judge was very... All right, sounds good. McKinley says the film uh, contains many improv moments. Uh, it was like jazz on the set. One example he recalls was when Paul Wilson, uh, the the other Bob, Bob Porter, cannot pronounce Samira's last name. He says, nah, I wouldn't... He's not gonna work here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Nadu, for his part, improvised the breakdancing, which he uh, did with local friends after shooting his scenes during the day. The improvisation also helped solve some problems with the script. Originally, Bolton was referred to the singer he shared his name with as a non-singing asshole, as a no-singing asshole. However, Herman recalled. It was uh, decided that the film could not say that since it would imply he did not sing his own songs. So he came up with No Talented Ass Clown. <laughs> That's a better one. <laughs> Judge was very, um, uh, was that uh, exact? Exacting.
1: Exacting. His demands. Oh.
0: Yeah. Exacting his demands for how the Inatex set looked. He said regularly that it had to seem, um, Oppressive, <laughs> oppressive. What the fuck? Okay, He's like it's gotta suck real hard. The production went as far as screen testing different types of gray cubicles. Jesus, Judge also wanted the cubicles to be tall so that Lumbar would have to lean in and seem and see from Peter's desk. Uh, c- considerably, uh, c- considerable effort was also. Expanding to making sure that the TPS reports looked realistic. <laughs> Those fucking TPS reports. Yes, I got it. Yes, I read the memo.
1: Uh, I think you need another one, because you didn't hand it in properly. Uh, and, if you, and we'll get you another one, and then that'll be great, okay? <laughs> All, right, All right, you want right, to so the, Yeah, the glasses Root wore to play Milton had lenses so thick that he had to wear contact lenses to see through them. Even, though, uh, even so he still said he had no depth perception and he had to practice reaching for the stapler. And uh, was, and that's why it was eventually painted red, so he could see it. Swingline provided the stapler after the filmmakers could not get permission to use Boston or Bostitch brands for their manufacturer.
0: Well, yeah, but they, they, even made, 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 uh, they made fun of Boston in it, too.
1: Well, yeah, probably that's why.
0: <laughs> Cause like yeah like I I, I want to keep my stapler I think we switched to the Boston ones but I just I just don't want it.
1: <laughs> Judge hated the one-sheet poster that the studio created for the uh, for Office Space, which depicted an office worker completely covered in post-it notes. He said people were like, "What is this? A big bird? A mummy? A beekeeper? A tagline?" And the tagline, "Work sucks." It looked like an Office Depot ad, and <laughs> I just hated it. I hated the trailers too, and the TV ads especially. Uh, McGinley, too, felt it looked like a Big uh, like Big Bird from Sesame Street, uh, the children's series, and that uh, he would not go see such a film. Uh, for the home release, Judge was upset that the same image was used, albeit with Milton peeking over the man from behind it. Yeah, the poster doesn't
0: represent this movie at all. It doesn't. I actually, um, I, I have... Except with the, Milton
1: there, obviously.
0: I, I I have the pop filter, uh, well, the pop figure. Of uh, the, the, uh, the post-it man? Yeah. I thought they were going to cover someone in post-it notes.
1: And they didn't. Like, uh, I thought uh, so, well, they were going to get so bored that one of their co-workers was going to fall asleep. And they were going to cover him in post-it notes. And then he was going to wake up. And that's what I thought that was from. But like, I understand it's the workplace aesthetic. So it was sure. But at the same time, it's like, mm, didn't work if you weren't going to put the joke in there, dude.
0: Uh, hold on. That's one.
1: I, I know Judge didn't do it, obviously. It was the uh, you know, company.
0: Uh, I'm going to grab a pop figure real quick. Hold on a second.
1: Yeah, you can send me a picture. Yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, the studio also had um, a man live in a plexiglass cube above Times Square for five days. Livingston, um, when he visited the for press Ooh, events, found that most reporters preferred to talk to the man in the cube and not him. He was not surprised as tracking for the movie was not good and there was a foregone conclusion that it wasn't going to open well. Producer Michael Rottenberg elaborated that, you know, he said, I took a few research screenings to realize that audiences uh, have often issues with satire. Another problem Rothman, sorry, excuse me, Rothman conceded later was that they couldn't put Anderson on the poster due to her small role. Later he admitted that the marketing campaign did not work well and said office space isn't like American Pie. It doesn't have kind of jokes that put you in 15 second uh, television spot. Somebody had to hit him in the head with a frying pan. It's sly and let me tell you, sly is hard to sell. And that's true, a lot of the dialogue uh, ended up being funny but there had to be payoff for it. Like the whole thing with the guy who's selling magazines, that's like a fucking three minute payoff for that joke.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: There's not a lot of jokes that are so quick witted and stuff that you can't, like, oh, a 15 second television ad. Like, the best stuff you could show is, well, that'll be great. But that's not really funny ex- unless it has its proper context. Same with Milton. You can't really understand Milton half the time. And without context, Milton is annoying.
0: Alright, I just sent you the pop figure. Is it emoj? Oh, There it is. Oh, I missed it it's all on uh, Discord yeah oh that's a good one it's it, it's cool looking I, I like it who's it supposed to be though Milton? <laughs> like it, it, it can also be
1: Lombar. <laughs> uh I guess cause got glasses in the no I think it's supposed to be Milton cause he has the same tie he's also the same shape
0: well I, I also thought Milton was gonna be the main character when, when I first heard of this movie oh yeah cause
1: he's on the poster but it's based off the Milton character, so yeah. I can see where you could uh, go wrong with that. But nah, it's Ron Livingston as Peter Gibbons. So, out of the notes and into the plot. Um, this is a pretty, you know, fairly quick plot read, so I'll jump through with the first paragraph. Yeah. Peter Gibbons is a frustrated and unmotivated programmer who works at a company called Inatech. His co-workers include fellow programmers Samir Naginjahar and Michael Naheed Bolton. Najjar. Nahin Nanahar God damn I it I don't think they say the J Anyway As well as Milton Waddams, A meek co-olator uh, who is mostly ignored by the rest of the office The staff who's been fired for years The staff constantly suffers under callous uh, management Especially uh, In attacks. text Swarmy Vice President Bill Lumberg Whom Peter loathes, Peter's girlfriend Anne persuades him to attend a hypnotherapy session Dr. Swanson the therapist Dies of a heart attack while hypnotizing Peter a newly relaxed and self-confident Peter acts on impulse to skip work the next day and ignores phone calls from Lumberg and Anne, who angrily breaks up with him and admits that she was cheating on him. <laughs> a lot of, that was a, a lot of good payoff on that one. Yeah. Peter begins dating Joanna, a restaurant waitress who shares Peter's loathing of management.
0: Okay, I I, I just want to break down, because that, that's pretty much like the first so the first act. act. So, yeah. um... He, w- when he wakes up after getting like the the morning after getting hypnotized, he doesn't turn off his alarm. he just goes back to sleep. How does a human fucking do that? If you just ignore it long enough well no like but like see but like the, the alarm is right next to his bed and it's that annoying generic r- uh, clock radio alarm that makes you want to punch a hole through a baby's head. Dude, I... Oh, my God. Dude, I, I've slept through an alarm before. It's not that hard. Oh, I, I have, too, and you know this. I've been late to the podcast a few times. <laughs> See, but, like, but it's different. Like, like our phone alarms are different than, like, than like a, a clock radio alarm. Yeah, no, I guess you're right.
1: There are some big, differ, uh, big differences between those.
0: Yeah, it just... The phone
1: alarms can easily be just, like, turned off if you're not really paying attention.
0: But also, um... It, this didn't mention, but he goes through his answering machine and it's just a Lumbar going, Yeah, hi. Hi.
1: Yeah, there's 17
0: messages from Lumbar. It's like, Hi. It's uh, It's like 10 o'clock. You're supposed to be here at 9. It's on a half day. Just want to know when you're going to come in. Yeah, hi. It's like 12 o'clock. I thought I saw you come in, but I guess not. <laughs> oh my god. It's fun stuff, man. It is.
1: Hey, it's 3 o'clock, you should be here, what's going yeah, on? And then, then he makes also, the uh, receptionist call, too.
0: Then also, like, he, he, he sleeps until 3. Like, hey, I, I've done that on a number of occasions.
1: I've never done that, even when I worked an overnight job. I can't sleep past, uh, like, 12 o'clock, or my body's like, you're wasting your day, bro, wake the fuck up.
0: Uh, yeah, I got, getting back into the plot, though, uh, hopping into now the second half of this film, Meanwhile, a pair of business consultants, Bob Sidel and Bob Porter, uh, just known as the Bobs, are brought in to help the company downsize. Peter finally shows up at work and casually disregards office protocols, including violating an dress code, taking Lombard's reserved parking spot, refusing to follow Lombard's directions, and removing a cubicle wall that blocks his view of the windows. Uh, the boss are impressed by his frank insight into Intec's problems, and they decided to promote him despite Lombard's misgivings. Michael and Samir, however, are fired. Milton is also uh, Milton's also expected to be el- eliminated, but it is learned that Milton's contract had been terminated five years prior, in which Milton had uh, the accounting department were not... Uh, which Milton and the account department were not informed. To avoid confrontation and riding on hopes that the issue will resolve itself naturally the Bobs and Lombard inform only the accounting department and cease Milton's uh, salary payments without telling him he has been terminated. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's illegal. Oh yeah, I think that's the joke though. That's like very, very (laughs) illegal. Yeah. Oh, we, we don't want confrontation. What, Milton's not going to come in with a gun? Uh, well, I mean, he okay, didn't come he, in with a gun, but, you know. He, he came <laughs> in with a bunch of, like, lighter fluid and matches, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, okay. Peter, Michael, and Samir decide to take revenge by infecting Inatex's accounting system with a computer virus designed by Michael to divert fractions of pennies into a bank account. They believe that the transactions are small enough to avoid detection, but will, uh, but will result in the accrual of a substantial amount of money over time, about two years, they say. On mm-hmm. uh, Michael and Samir's last day at Intertech, Peter steals a frequently malfunctioning printer, which the three take to a field and smash to pieces to vent their frustration. At a barbecue, Peter hears rumors that a coworker from, jo- uh, yeah, from a co-worker that Joanna slept at Lumberg in the past before dating Peter. When Peter confronts her about this, a heated exchange leads to them breaking up. Ugh, yeah, that's like we're rounding out the end of this movie, and this d- plot description does not do it justice. But I feel like um, my mid movie notes will will hit us up, yeah. will hit us home with the stuff that I missed. So, um,
0: Peter <laughs> discovers that a bug in Michael's coat has caused the virus to steal over three hundred thousand dollars in only a few days. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is a, a far days. more consp- which is far more conspicuous. Peter, Michael, and Samir meet to try to. Uh, deceive a plan to launder the money to to, to no avail. After Michael, after Michael and Samir blame Peter for their predicament, he decides to accept full responsibility for the crime and write out a confession, which he slips under Lombard's office door at night, along with traveler's checks for the stolen money. Uh, Peter learns that Lombard Joanne Slutwith was an ex coworker unrelated to Bill, peter later reconciles with joanne who has started her new job at another restaurant which is flingers
1: yeah there was a joke that it was supposed to be called hooters and i thought that was funny <laughs> okay then you know if you watch the uh, credits jennifer anderson says yeah i got a new job at hooters and it's great you know but i guess they couldn't get hooters or that was just one of her um, improvisations so still funny though Uh, The next morning, Peter drives to Initek, fully expecting to be arrested, but discovers that the building has been set on fire, destroying all evidence of the scheme. Milton flees the scene with the traveler's checks, having apparently made good on repeated threats to burn down the Initek building after being pushed too far. Samir and Michael begin their new jobs at Initek's arrival, Initrode, while Peter lands a dream job as a construction worker with his neighbor, Lawrence. Milton uses the money from the checks to vacation in Mexico. I- End of the film.
0: I, I, I like the ending, sure. It, it was lackluster, but... But that's what the movie was as a whole, but it's meant to be that way. Mm. At least in my opinion. But all right, uh, Hunter, since you have... I, I, I don't have any notes at all, so I'm going to read mine first, just so I can get them out of the way. Yeah. So I didn't... I This this film, we we agreed before filming that this like this film was hard to take notes during.
1: Uh uh-huh. I mean, I got some, but it's not as much as usual.
0: But th- th- this is my notes. Over- uh, this is my notes. So overall, this movie is funny with a lot of slow parts and jaded humor. M- Milton definitely steals the show with every scene he's in, though. That's facts.
1: Milton is the best character. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. Okay. Now Let's go move in. on to my mid movie notes. Uh, opening scene, can't catch a break with these cars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Every
1: time he moves into the lane, the other one goes. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, so Michael Bolton... Bolton locks the door because a black guy walks by. This is dated already. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> He's listening to gangster rap and then he sees a black guy with roses and he locks his door. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's ridiculous. Ugh. It's okay. the 90s. Yeah, and then we sense. get our first. Oh, sorry, God, jeez. Oh, we got our first, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, Anderson always looking fine. Uh, Lawrence shows up. It's Tank in human form. Uh, everyone thinks Ann is cheating. It's funny when she is. It is. Lawrence has some great ideas. If he had a million, <laughs> if he had a million, he'd have a three way. Lol. <laughs> That's just it. Just a three way. <laughs> he's like, yeah, girls like money, and I feel like I could uh, make it happen. <laughs> Two girls at the same time, <laughs> mm-hmm. dude. Milton is like the ideal fucking like vibe. <laughs> Not Milton, uh. <laughs> Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence is the ideal vibe, dude. He's just yeah, a big mood.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because he he's the average Joe.
1: <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's like, yep, this is okay. No, turn on channel nine. Out.
0: It's the press exam. <laughs> it's the titties,
1: bro. <laughs> Uh, I said the boss sucks. It's funny how nobody really knows what the company does. Well, at least they don't tell us. Uh, Stephen Root is unrecognizable. Um, (laughs) I love that he's talking to Milton on the phone, even though he's, like, right next to him in the cubicles. Yeah. (laughs) Um, if the boss asked me to stay on a day I wasn't scheduled, I would just say no. Uh, Another, that would be great.
0: But remember, like, he, he, like, peters himself, like, I'll say yes because I'm a pussy. Yeah, which is fucking funny.
1: <laughs> uh where were we? Um <laughs> is this dude having a heart attack and he was. He started getting sweaty and I was like this dude's having a heart attack. There's no doubt in my mind <laughs> this guy's about to die. And then um I said, "Uh where is it?" He? Um he's going to he's, he's never going to snap his fingers <laughs> ever again. <laughs> yeah. Peter just not showing up to work is a mood. Um, Peter basically does nothing at his job anyway, still doing nothing. Um, <laughs> hashtag embezzlement time. Uh, Drew sucks. Straight up, Drew's introduced, and I was like, this guy sucks. Sorry, Greg Pitts, bad character, but also probably written that way, so it is what it is. Mm. Uh, printer break montage, that's been mimicked forever. Milton looks like he's gonna kill everyone. <laughs> Federal pound me in the ass prison. Uh movie is quite boring with some good moments and quick way to dialogue. He does light it on fire. And Milton stole the money.
0: So, just the, the quick notes. I love how I, I, you brought up he does nothing Yeah, because he goes like, they're like oh, so, the, the Bobs go, so what do you do here? He goes like, nothing. I just stare at my desk and it looks like a yeah, new He's I'm like, he's, I, show up,
1: I show up 15 minutes late. Then I sit at my desk for uh, two hours. Then I go to lunch. Then I come back and stare at the uh, the walls for another hour. And then uh, the last 15 minutes
0: of work is when I start working. And they're like, wow, okay. Because <laughs> like, I, to be honest, I, I, I feel that on a, on a level of which no one can understand. Oh,
1: I mean, I don't do that at the comic book store, but I used to do that at my other jobs. I used to just like, meander. I'm just like, all right, this sucks. Let's
0: I, just I, walk around. I, I did that at, at my other job. I just legit, like, I, if I didn't have a customer, I just like walked around the store with my phone out, mm-hmm. just like, scrolling through Twitter or fucking TikTok.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and no, uh, I only do that at my job for, like, maybe the last 20, 30 minutes if I do it. Like, I do it only on a Monday, though. Because, mm. like, I finish all my work and I'm just like, all right, time to hang out and do nothing for 30 minutes. So,
0: uh, I'll, I'll read the review portion of the of top the, the part. Sounds good. Offspace received positive reviews from critics on review aggregator, um... Rotten Tomatoes: The film ha- has an 80% rating on based on 100 reviews and an average of 6.84 out of 10. 6.84 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads: "Mike Judge's lampoons the office grind with its inspired mix of sharp dialogue and witty one-liners." That's facts.
1: Uh, Zachary, do you want to read the good review since yes. you gave it a higher score?
0: From Joseph Dominguez of Film Inquiry, I looked up how to pronounce that before, f- before filming. Oh, I could have told you, but okay. <laughs> um, office Space will move you in a subtle ph- philosophical. Th- will, will move you with its subtle philosophical theme. And keep you entertained with jokes that contribute to internet age of memes. I hate that. That's that's facts. It's I true, know, though. I know, but Tell I... Tell me, I'm wrong. I, it's <laughs> not wrong, but seeing that, just, like, hearing that just makes my fucking skin crawl. <laughs> it's based off memes. Mm.
1: Alright, and I'll be reading the bad review from Stephen Holden of the New York Times. He gave it a 2 out of 5. He said, it has the loose, jointed feel of a bunch of sketches packed together into a narrative that doesn't gather much momentum, which is true in itself. Yeah. It does feel like a bunch of sketches put together, and um, the the narrative is a bit slow, but it's still a decent story, and it tells itself in a way that makes sense. And it's all basically grounded in realism for the most part, except for the fact that um, once Peter starts slacking off, he has no repercussions at all. I
0: know. So... See, yeah. but like, does he eventually. It seems like he, he has snapped out of it towards the end. Does someone like snap their fingers?
1: No, it's only when the uh, hypnotist is supposed to do it. But there's a moment where you think he snaps out of it. But then the next scene, he's back in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. But uh I will read um your review. See, I'll read my review. <clears throat> I gave it six chicks at the same time out of ten. <laughs>
0: and uh, I gave it <clears throat> 7 I could set this building on fire and a 10 and he does
1: he does like
0: I so I actually like I I had to look up a, a quote I I wanted a good quote and I'm like I I have to do I I I remember like Milton always saying I'm going to set this building on fire I swear I will well that's the last straw I, I <laughs> Because I, I love the scene with it. They move him to the basement. And he goes, well, that's the last straw. I warned yep. you. <laughs> he's just like, yo, fuck this.
1: They move my desk again, and I'm in the fucking basement, and I'm not getting my paychecks, and he took my fucking stapler. I'm oh, done. I was like, like, here we go.
0: Can we bring up the cake
1: scene? Oh, yeah, where he's like, so, he's like oh, okay, last time okay. I didn't get any cake, and then blah,
0: blah, blah. Okay, so the girl that was next to him, the, um... The Asian lady.
1: Yeah, she was supposed to pass the cake, but then didn't. Yeah, she, she <laughs> was supposed
0: to pass her cake, but she
1: didn't. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, last piece, I want it. Fuck Milton. He's fat enough.
0: <laughs> I feel fat. Like, man deserves a piece of cake. Man
1: does deserve a piece of cake. He goes through a lot of shit, and he hasn't been getting paid. Man yeah. deserves a piece of cake.
0: <laughs> they told me to talk to you, and they told me to talk to Lombard, then talk to you, and I already talked to him, but now I'm talking to <laughs> you again. <laughs> yeah no uh, okay yeah guys um, I think that will round us out
1: that uh, will indeed round us out of office space we uh, thank you guys overall oh I was gonna oh. give it like a little closing statement oh go right ahead go right ahead <laughs> and uh, overall this movie was good I wouldn't say it's one of the best movies I've ever seen and it's not one of the best cult classic movies I've seen But I would definitely recommend it to anybody who works in a mundane office job and wants to get inspiration, uh, not to embezzle money, but to break free from your confines of your office. Uh, Mike Judge is a phenomenal writer. I followed a bunch of his work. I still like his um, TV shows and stuff. It just sucks that um, King of the Hill got canceled. (laughs) I hope they bring it back (laughs) because I love King of the Hill. (laughs) um... Zachary, anything else you want to say before we close?
0: No, I say I I I saw this movie young, so I didn't really understand it. Up until, I well now, really, you know, I mm-hmm. I I still have like both of us have never worked an office job, but like we have worked retail. I almost did. Well, both of us have worked retail though, so we kind of know how this. We 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 kind relate to this film. Yeah, I understand the mund- uh, the mundanity, if that's a word. Yeah, but um. Yeah, guys. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us at Box Office Losers on tw- on Instagram, and at Box Losers on Twitter. Uh, that's mainly just for uh, like the uh, art stuff that we find. We haven't posted much because it's been kind of slow on looking at art. Ge- I've also been getting lazy. That too. Yeah. I hate
1: I hate Instagram.
0: <laughs> I also I I hate I hate running a Twitter that's I haven't had for so long. Exactly. Um, I barely post
1: on my personal Instagram. I only post on my podcast Instagram for the comic book store because it's part of my job. So, I'm
0: not getting paid for this. (laughs) Just just don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube and on every single podcast platform. We really do appreciate it. Our numbers have gone up slightly, and it's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, Share with your friends, man. Yeah, leave a review and share with. Yeah, share with your friends. Side note. so, I, I was looking at our analytics, um, Hunter. Yes. You, you, you do know we have German listeners, so... <laughs> Good. They probably followed us for the Jojo Rabbit episode. No, they appreciated no. appreciated
1: everything I did for them.
0: We've had German listeners for a while. And, um... I, you I told me that
1: while I was doing my awesome I, accent.
0: I, uh, I, I hope you didn't offend them. With your German accent.
1: Nah, they would say something to me, because they could find me on social media. They could be like, hey man, that wasn't cool, and I'll be like, sorry, but like, do you not sound like that? <laughs> 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 no, nah, I mean, no offense, it was just funny for the movie. I'm not going to do it randomly for no reason, you know what I mean? I did it because we were watching Jojo Rabbit. Uh, so. Hunter, where can they find you, though? You can find me at Scruffy Moose Man on almost any social media platform. You can follow me at... Uh, Andrew's amazing podcast every two every Wednesday morning for a comic book podcast. You can follow me at Pound That Button every other Tuesday for a video game podcast, and you can follow me every Thursday at The Farthest Galaxy for a Star Wars podcast. I do too many podcasts and I hate myself, but they're fun to do and I like my co-hosts. So it is what it is.
0: Zachary, where can we find you on the interwebs? You could find me um, at Dark Shadows Ake literally everywhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you throw that into a platform I haven't been on, there's probably someone with that name. Um, yeah, uh, and also you can follow me at, on Sports Hit List. Uh, every Thursday, me and my co-host Nick, we post our review of the AEW Injection. So, yeah, um, that is pretty much it. We will see you all next week, guys. And uh, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. PC load letter, what the fuck does that mean?